everybody has a story to tell and who reads it isn't even the most important part. If you're reaching at least one person and changing their life, that is a gift. Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom, the podcast. You know, moms don't have time. Am I right? I could just say that and I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. Like before kids, I loved fill in the blank. For me, I don't know. Before kids, I loved going to the bathroom in private, (laughs) you know, things like that. But for my guest today, Zibby Owens, the thing that she missed was reading and writing. She really had a passion for that. So a few years ago, she was ready to have some fun with the idea. And she started a podcast. And she was kind of a pioneer because this was back in the day when not everyone had a podcast. And she called it Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I love this name. And once she saw how hungry people were for this content and how much they wanted to connect with authors, Zibby's passion and her reach, it just continued to grow so, so fast. So now she is a two-time author. She is an award-winning podcast host. She is a well-known book fluencer. And now she's even a publisher. And I had a chance to sit down with her and talk about her newest release called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My only problem with Zibby is she makes me feel like an underachiever. (laughs) So here is my conversation with Zibby Owens. Zibby, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. I am like taken aback by this breathtaking view behind you. Now, for those (laughs) of you listening on the podcast, you can't see how amazing this is, but she has color-coded books behind her. It's very home edit. I'm here for it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I did it myself. It was a labor of love. Such a cozy little nook. And now you're an author yourself and obviously you have a love of books. So let's kind of, I don't even know where to begin with you because you have a lot going on. It wasn't very long ago that you were, you were in marketing and you were a freelance writer and now you're an award-winning podcaster and you're a publisher and you're an author. So kind of like take us from point A to point B. How did we get here? I know it is kind of crazy. What really happened is I got divorced and I suddenly had all this extra time every other weekend where I could do things that I had forgotten how to do, like read and write. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. I did a little of that, but I had a lot more time where I could pursue the things that I wanted to do and then suddenly I could do them. So I started writing a lot more articles and I decided to try to make them into a book. And I thought, well, moms don't have time to read books. That would be a good title for a book. But the publishers I spoke to didn't think that was fun. And a friend suggested, why don't you start a podcast? So I didn't know much about podcasting. This was Mm -hmm. in the beginning of 2018, but I thought, well, I'll try. I could try. I always was somebody who was sending articles or links or things like that to friends. And I thought, well, maybe I could even save my friends more time if I read great articles on a podcast for people. Mm. But then I found out that was illegal. So I actually, my first episode of the podcast was me reading an article of mine called A Mother's Right to Sanity, where I was like, I cannot donate used paper towel rolls to the preschool thing. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. So I started the podcast. And after the first episode with my friendly Carpenter, who's a novelist and a business school classmate, I realized that I loved doing podcasts. I love doing one-on-one intimate mm-hmm. conversations. I mean, <laughs> Who doesn't love that? It's so, it's great. It's like 
going, seeing friends every day. So it's my love language. Right? I love yeah, it. Exactly. I love being able to have the longer form. I mean, I fell in love with the podcast style as well, because I work in television, live TV, my whole life where everything's getting shorter and shorter and segments are two minutes. And we're doing these deep dive conversations on heavy topics that require some time to like unpack. And so it's nice to be able to have the space to do that. But you were a bit of a pioneer. I mean, there were podcasts out at that time, but everyone and their brother didn't have podcasts like they do today. So what made you want to navigate those waters? And did how'd you even get set up? I just literally Googled easiest podcast app or how to record a podcast from your phone. And I started listening to a few other podcasts and tried to see what I liked and what I didn't like and what most of them even did. And I was like, mm-hmm. I guess I need a little song at the beginning. And, right. <laughs> and I guess clip. I need a sponsor. And, and I just tried it. At first, I didn't even want to tell anybody. I was like, I'm just going to do this on the side, see what happens. And then I just started getting more and more guests and realizing that this was something amazing. And then I immediately took it back offline again to the realm in which I was most comfortable and familiar, which is hosting events and gathering my friends. And Mm. I started having authors come to my house and doing these in-person salons, which became book fairs. So I just realized how much I loved introducing all the authors to each other and building up this whole community and things have taken off from there. And then the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic hit. So that actually created a whole new space for you, which we'll get to later because that's actually one of your is that one of your books? I have had two anthologies come out and one came out in February and it was mostly written during the pandemic by authors from my podcast. And that was Moms Don't Have Time to a Quarantine Anthology. (laughs) And then a second anthology came out this week called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. I want to dive into that, but I don't, I'm not done with the podcast just yet. Moms Just (laughs) Don't Have Time to Read Books is the name of the podcast. So tell us where it is now. It's been three years and I'm sure it's evolved like everything. So what can you expect if you tune into that today. So now it has become a daily podcast. So every single day, seven days a week, I have another amazing author on the show. We have 30 minute long conversations. Yes. About the book and yes, about the process and the writing, but really about the person and who is this author and what makes them tick and all of that, which I love. And it has been downloaded like a bazillion times. It's amazing. It's so exciting. I have sponsors. Peloton is my next sponsor. It's like over the moon. Yeah, I have. It's it's really taken off. I'm part of the ACAST network now. So they sell all my ads and they keep selling out. I have to keep opening up new spots. So that's really exciting. And I've had over 3 million downloads, something like that. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. First of all, it's Thank also you. just so inspiring as another mom. And I'm sure anyone out there who's listening or watching who's like you had gone through your divorce, like had gone through some adversity and to be able to pivot and do something that you've always dreamed of doing or didn't even know existed. It's true. I wanted to be a writer. This all just was just like gravy. I can't believe it. (laughs) So what do you think it was about the podcast that resonated with people seemingly so quickly? I think it's that, first of all, I was not a journalist. I mean, I had written for magazines my whole life, like freelance personal essays, but I wasn't coming at it in any sort of professional way. It was all me. This very like authentic. This is actually just what I wanted to know, which is how That's I still approach. I think right there. Okay. The authenticity. So I'll just stop talking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why it's working. But I think that's what it is, especially in this mom space. 
being able to be vulnerable and being able to be authentic and share those stories that other women can realize that they aren't crazy and that they're not alone. That's why I started listening to podcasts. It was during the pandemic. I was walking for my sanity and I stumbled upon my first podcast and I was like, oh, this is like food for my soul. These podcasts, <laughs> you know, it just, it was like my own special me time. And I think that you are that for a lot of people. So you've had so many guests on, it's probably hard to choose, but any real standouts or favorites? It's a hard question. People ask me that too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all so great for so many different reasons. They are great for different reasons. Um, I was most excited recently. I interviewed Hillary Clinton and Louise Penny the night State of Terror came out for the Temple Emanuel Striker Center, which is right after they found out it was a number one bestseller. So that was very cool. I definitely had to calm myself down ahead of time. And I was just like, this is what you do. This is what you do. I've done this 900 times or something crazy. How so that was really, that's that was a really big, neat. That's a really big deal. A really big get. How did it go with Hillary? It was great. She was so laid back. And I mean, whatever your politics, just the fact that she's had so much mm. success and achievement and been in the public eye for so long, and yet she was completely down to earth. And I felt mm. like I saw a side of her I hadn't seen anywhere else. Um, and I think that's really the goal. I'm sure you sort of agree this is what you do, but getting a piece of somebody that hasn't been sort of seen or digging yeah. deeper or saying, having someone say, well, no one's ever asked me that before. That's, mm, that's the best. That's my favorite. That's the best. <laughs> Okay. So we talked all about your podcast and now we're going to another medium, a book, the written word, um, where it all began kind of. So your new book, moms don't have time to have kids just came out. So huge congrats on that. It's like birthing a baby. So tell me what we can expect in, in this new book. So the first book tackled five things that moms didn't have time to do. There are so many things. It's hard to even whittle it down to 10, but the first book was moms don't have time to eat, work out, have sex, breathe. Um, and, and this book is about moms not having time to sleep, get sick, see friends, write and lose weight. So all the essays are written by authors who have been on my podcast, which already means they're notable, best-selling, award-winning, amazing authors. And they're writing on things inspired by these topics. So one mom gets sick with COVID actually and thinks the whole house is going to fall apart, right? That there's no way the things will, things could still possibly run well without her. Turns out it was all okay. So mm. that was one kind of inspiring essay. Another is by Stephanie Danler, who's this amazing best-selling author of Stray and Sweet Bitter who says, despite all the time she has to spend every day writing, the most important writing she does is when she stops and writes little love letters to her kids about how beautiful the roses are outside her window and how she wants them to remember moments like that. Oh, so there are all these little moments, clips and inside glances at people's lives. Author Lily King, who wrote Writers and Lovers, talks about her daughter's Lyme disease battle and how it makes her feel as a mom. So they're not all mom related. There are some men who write essays. Not all the women have kids. But there are these very relatable moments that I think reading will help people feel less alone and give some little tools to get through whatever it is they're going through. And it's easy to digest because as you said, moms don't have time to read books or do anything. So the <laughs> fact that it's in this essay form makes it really digestible. 
Um, Absolutely. They're short. They're like two, three pages. People have been saying they're reading them on the pickup line. They're reading that they will not fall asleep reading them at night. They can get through the whole thing. So that's always been a goal. <laughs> that's good. Cause then you feel accomplished. Yes, exactly. Any topics or stories that really surprised you when you were putting this all together? The stories that surprised me. One author, Michael Frank wrote this whole sort of ode to napping which I had never really considered before and how he really convinced me in his essay that it actually gives you a second start to the day and maybe there's a role of napping and I don't know. So that was something that I had not really expected. Um, Moms don't have time to take naps. Moms don't have <laughs> to time stay to on naps. trend. Exactly. Yeah, to stay on theme here. I, oh my gosh. Napping to me is the worst yeah. because I don't nap. So if I do, I don't understand the concept of waking up. Again, yeah. it's an eight hour thing for me. So I wake I up am, and I'm like, where am I? What's happened? I'm not a good napper. I know. And then the first few minutes I try to take a nap. I'm like, I'm wasting these minutes. I could be spending these minutes doing something else. And instead yeah, I'm laying here, not falling asleep. So I'm too anxious, I think. <laughs> yeah. So that was a surprise. Any other ones? Uh, Janine Cummins, who wrote the best-selling book, American Dirt, which actually had some controversy surrounding it. She wrote about why we have to, as Americans, be so labeled into one category. And maybe our identity is a mishmash of a lot of different backgrounds and heritage. And why can't we embrace that? So that was a very thought-provoking piece that she wrote. If you're like me, and I feel like it's not even fair because I get to interview all of these wonderful authors and people who are at the top of their game and whatever it is they do. And it's like through osmosis, somehow I'm getting a little smarter just by listening to them. <laughs> Do you feel that totally. same way? It's like, oh my gosh, this is like self-help for free because yes. I have a podcast. I feel like a lot I, of times it's the whole, therapy. It's therapy. It's friendship. It's magic. It's, it's really amazing. I mean, when else do I stop everything and only focus on one thing mm. and one person? That's um, a good point. I joke that I really should like set up one-on-one 30-minute Zooms with my husband. That would probably do me a lot of good. Absolutely. And I think that that mom mafia, that making those connections, it's such a deep connection. And whether it be that we keep in touch on social media through DM or email or whatever it is, especially during the pandemic times, that was huge. You need yes. that. You need that village, even if it's someone you really barely know and they're across the country. I think that there's something really to that. That's true. How did people react when you asked them to write the essay for the book? They were really flattered. I had just, so I'd already written, I had already come out with moms don't have time to, and then it was a much easier sell to have people write for moms don't have time to have kids. I think they were excited to do it. Some were a little hesitant. Some of the authors don't always write an essay form. I thought mm -hmm. I've always written essays. Like essays for me are so easy. I do it all the time. Like every to me, that post. sounds horrifying. Really? Sounds yeah. Like, so sounds like that, homework. That happened to a lot of authors. And they were like, we really don't write essays. And so some people said, no, not many. And others were like, wow, this is going to take me a while. And yeah. then they came back with these beautiful literary pieces. And I was oh. like, oh, I see why it takes you a while. <laughs> I'm just like founding out what I think and feel. Um, and I did include a couple of my own essays in the book too, just for, for good measure, uh, because there's sort of nothing private in my life anymore. So I spilled it all on the page for usual. <laughs> Part of the game. Part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> So is there a next book already in the works in this anthology? There are no more anthologies in the works, but I do have two children's books coming out. One called Princess Charming that's coming out in April from a Penguin Random House imprint called Flamingo and then a, a companion one coming out later. And then I have my own memoir coming out next oh July from 
little a in Amazon company. Yeah. <laughs> Do you sleep? Not much. Okay. Cause what I'm counting, it's hard to count. So that's five books in like yeah. Three Five years books in, in a, a year and four months or something. Okay. That's not normal. Are you okay? <laughs> Actually, that's not true because the last Princess Charming will be out later, but four <laughs> books within almost a year. It's you crazy. Are on a roll. Yeah. I've, I mean, all I've wanted is to publish a book. So this is just a total dream come true for me. Oh my gosh. And you're like, I'll take that one and I trump you four books. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And as if that weren't enough, you are embarking on a brand new journey called Zibby books, which is fitting. Now that I see your books everywhere, <laughs> this is your world and your dream. And it's, it's really coming into reality. Yes. I have started a publishing company, which I am so excited about with Lee Newman. She's the co-founder and she had already founded a publishing company. So she knew what she was doing and we are publishing 12 books a year in fiction and memoir by debut and established authors. And our tagline is telling it like it is. We want books, like I was saying before, that will keep tired people awake mm -hmm. when they're reading late at night books that have a strong sense of place. If it's the corner deli or the canals of Venice, we want books that take us places. We want fabulous, smart writing and accessible, nothing too ultra literary, but something that will make you feel connected and less alone. Accessible, I think is what it's all about. I think that's, and what has been the response from, you know, the people who have supported you all along the way with this? It, it's been amazing. I literally like, I get emails and DMs and everything all the time because I think I've been so open about this whole progression and how excited I am at every stage and every little thing that happens. So people are really sort of invested in, in what my success, if you will, or what's going on or every new milestone. Um, the reception to the publishing company announcement was just above and beyond. And I think it's because I'm really trying to be this champion of authors. Mm -hmm. because I feel like authors are such rock stars and, and I'm creating this business with authors in mind. Like every week, I'm like, what is an author that we've acquired? What is their experience like this yeah. week with us instead of what is my experience like? So I've changed up every single area of publishing to try to put the author and the reader at the center, including a whole team of book ambassadors who are women all over the country, who, if they want to help make this company great and get great books into people's hands, they can just sign up on zibibooks.com and become a book ambassador. Now, I know there are people out there who are watching and who are listening, who have wonderful ideas and like us have a dream of, you know, creating a real book. What would your advice be for them if they're just getting started? If they're just getting started writing, I would say everybody has a story to tell and who reads it isn't even the most important part. If you're reaching at least one person and changing their life, that is a gift and you should hold that in your hand. There's a reason why the stories that you want to tell won't leave you alone. And at some point you should probably listen. That's right. And you can touch so many people. I also think there's something about creating a book that you would want to read. And, oh, for sure. You know, I was actually listening to Billy Joel recently and he was doing a podcast and someone was asking about his writing. You know, obviously he's an amazing songwriter. And he said, I never wrote songs for people. I never wrote songs for the audience. I wrote songs that I wanted to listen to. Yes. And obviously that was the secret sauce for Billy Joel. 
So I yes. try to think about that when I'm creating, you know, whatever it may be, because now we're all creating different things on social media, whether it be writing, all these different mediums, we're all way more creative than we give ourselves credit for. In Not to mention stage. that you were going to have to read and reread and reread and reread your book 8 million times as you edit it. And it goes through all the processes and the publishing business. So you are going to have to love what you are writing. <laughs> and I'm working on a cookbook. So in my case, Ooh. it's testing and testing and being a mad scientist in the kitchen, like That's a exciting. crazy person at three in the morning. But oh, I love that. It, it's been a it's been a kind of awesome experience, you know, all the growing pains, all the warts and all. Um, so what is next for Zibby? Dare I ask, where do we go from here? Um, where do we go from here? I don't know. I, after all this, maybe a novel and you keep it all going. You've got the daily podcast. Now you're a publisher and you're also an author. I, just, I also, I also um, host a podcast called Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, which is actually a really popular um, humor sexuality podcast uh, with okay, three questions. Okay. With three questions every week. So, Ooh, yeah. I love that too. I just, I'm actually just more curious how you've, how you've crafted like an extra day into the week. So we'll have to talk about that later. Um, Zibby, thank you so much for taking the time out of your obviously very busy schedule to chat with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And everyone, where can we find the book? Anywhere. Moms don't have time to have kids. Anywhere books are sold or go to zibbyowens.com and get your copy or follow me at Zibby Owens. Fabulous. Thank you, Zibby. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, you can catch all of these podcasts wherever you find your podcasts. And you can watch Mom to Mom, the TV show, on Mondays at 1130 a.m. on NBC 10 Boston. And as always, you can catch us anytime on Facebook. All you have to do is search Mom to Mom with Maria Sansone. All right, that does it for us. I'll see you next time here on Mom to Mom. <laughs>